0: Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies. of a shot of Torah with Rabbi Levi Cooper. If you are interested in downloading other digital content, please visit elmod.pardes.org This is Levi Cooper coming to you from Pardes in Yerushalayim. My dear friends, we've been discussing the laws of political agreements. How would Our hallowed tradition, how would Jewish law view the responsibility of politicians or political parties to honour their promises, commitments and agreements? And until this point, I have argued that the baseline of this discussion is that even political promises and agreements should be honoured. Furthermore, I argued that pikuach nefesh, the legal category where we say in a life-threatening situation, you do not need to fulfill a mitzvah, a commandment, you do not need to keep Jewish law. I argued that while there might be cases that pikuach nefesh, life-threatening situations, dictate that an agreement, a political agreement could be broken, I suggested that that is not the normal case, and in most cases, pikuach nefesh is the wrong category to apply to political agreements. There's a lack of causality, there's no precedent, and most importantly, we're talking about matters of communal import where the normal laws of pikuach nefesh do not apply. But my friends, are there cases where we would say, yes, you can break a political agreement? I would argue that there are such cases. Let me give some examples. The first example comes from contract law. Let's say that two parties sign a contract that they will, run together as a joint list. And in that contract, they write that this agreement is dependent on a third party joining this joint list. If this third party doesn't come to the party, pun intended, doesn't join that joint list, I can imagine that... One of the original parties will claim that the agreement was dependent on this third party joining. Since the third party didn't join, therefore, the agreement is not binding. Now, that's in a case where there's an explicit clause. We can also imagine not an explicit clause, but an implied clause. Let me give you an example. Imagine in the same scenario, those two parties that were assume, that made the joint list and were assuming a third party would join the joint list. They divided the number, the seats that they thought they would win in the upcoming elections. And they decided in the agreement that seat one, two and three will go to party A. Seat three, will go to party B. And seat 6, 7 and 8 will join party, will go to party C, which has yet to join the joint list. And party C decides that it doesn't want to join the joint list. We could make an argument that says that the entire agreement was based on the assumption that that third party would join the joint list. Once they didn't join the joint list, the agreement can is no longer binding. Yes, that may be such a case where a political agreement can be broken. A second case where a political agreement can be broken would be a case from that comes really from property law the category of asmahta asmahta is a case where even though someone made a promise or had an agreement it is clear to everybody that they did ne- they never intended to fulfill that promise. Now, it's quite difficult to argue that in the political world, uh, maybe it's too easy to argue it in the political world, we might say no one ever intends on keeping promises. But at least in theory, I think that is another case that would justify breaking a political promise. And the third case Comes from the laws of agency of Shlichut. There is a principle that the person who appoints an agent can say to that agent, that shaliach, I sent you to do good. I didn't send you to mess things up. In the words of the Talmud, letikune shedarticha velo. And we can look at elected officials as shlichim, as agents, as emissaries of their constituency. And therefore we could say that even though you, my agent, you acted and made an agreement, that agreement is a terrible agreement and I sent you to act responsibly, and you have acted irresponsibly. You have acted outside of your jurisdiction. You had no right to sign that agreement. And maybe in such an example, such a case, we would also be allowed to break a political promise. Of course, in that third example, the elected official himself or herself would not be able to make that claim. The agent can't make that claim, only the person or the people appointing the agent. Now, in all three examples that I have just shared with you, they are all from Dinei Memonot. They all come from the corpus of Jewish civil law. And therefore, it would appear to me that in order to rule on such cases, we would need a Jewish court of law to consider both sides. What I'm saying is that while these may be good reasons for breaking political commitments, the politician himself or herself, the party itself could not make this decision just to break the agreement, Rather, they would have to bring the case before a Jewish court of law that would rule as to whether this was indeed a case where there was either a clause in the contract, whether it was a case of a smachta where no one intended to keep the agreement, or whether the elected official acted as outside of that elected officials appointed duty and therefore acted outside of the jurisdiction that the, appoint- the elected official was granted. So we would need a Jewish court of law to make such decisions. That's all for now. Until the next time, me Midrash! Thank you again for downloading this podcast, A Shot of Torah, a production of the Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review wherever you download your podcast today. You can also subscribe to any of our other podcast channels by visiting us online at elmod.pardes.org. Thanks for listening.